Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Today is November 4th. The Yankees postseason officially now really begins because they did the press conferences and we start to move forward. So let's talk Yanks. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, presented to you by SeatGeek, our playoff sponsor, and the playoffs are still going. If you want to go see any other sport, I doubt what you guys will want to go watch the go to fly to Houston to watch the Astros potentially win. So any other sport or event that you buy a seat for, SeatGeek has a John Boyd playoffs for ten percent off. Hey, hiatus is over. I guess we're going to be back into the rhythm of things, maybe once a week for a little bit and then twice a week whenever we get to, I don't know the cadence of the show, but we're back. Jake, how are you? You look great. James Davis. Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. A little tired. The The Yankees press conference that now sig- signifies the start of the, the offseason stinks a little bit because that means... There's two other teams still playing baseball today. And even, uh, you know, you you can hyper analyze analyze and we will a little bit, you know, some of these quotes and things. And I, you know, even <laughs> I, even Booney at one point, I think he, he not a slip up, but he was just like, you know, every every year we do this press conference because <laughs> we have to or something. It's like, well, I don't have to. Uh, I got I got one other thing we could do. Uh, but yeah, it. You know, every year it gives a little bit of insight. Um, I do think if, if we were doing a juiciness scale, I thought this year was a little low on the juicy scale. Um, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it low on the juice. There was a couple tidbits. I mean, sometimes you do get really big um, quotes. Last year we got Labor Tours is not a shortstop. We will be looking for right. a shortstop. And that was big for them to admit that, you know. Right. Uh, one year we got DD needs Tommy John. He's out for all of next season. That was huge. So we didn't get anything. It was usually a surprise injury, and there isn't one this year. Yeah, no surprise injury, nothing wild, but some good stuff. I will say, Jake, I, I love our friends that are on the beat, and I know they got a job to do, but it's like twofold, a little kind of like uh, the questions were were odd. I, I'm, I texted Jack Curry to ask, like, hey, am I do I not understand the decorum here? Like, how is right? Were there no tough questions being asked at all uh, here? Like, how do you not ask about game one of the ALCS and going to Clark Schmidt and and, and that pitching? You know, how, how did no one ask about that? So 
Jack's working, so he didn't respond to me. But, you know, if I'm off base and that's just not something you do at these, then maybe. But I feel like in the past, they've asked about specific moments and decisions. And Boone, I remember in 2018, was like, you know, actually, I was driving around the other day reflecting, and I do think I, you know, made some decisions that I wish I wouldn't. And we just had none, none of that. And then a lot of the quotes that I'm now seeing on Twitter, I, I don't think represent the tone or tenor of what Boone and Cashman were actually saying, and they're going to be used to fire up everyone 20 times harder. And, and, uh, you know, I, I watched the whole thing and I, I fucking wrote down all the quotes. I like have a transcription of it in front of me and I was kind of right. I was like, Oh man, that sent that one sentence is going to be tweeted and fire people up. And that whole process is really making me bummed out about like what we do or like making, trying not to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a level to it that is almost like rules of engagement, I think, between the the press and the Yankees front office for this. And uh, yeah, I think I think there could have been some more direct things when they, you know, there was questions about like, what what do you change analytically year in, year out if things are successful or not? And, you know, I like that one. It, it it was good. But, you know, I a lot of the questions you were hoping to lean into. I think some of the things we talked about, like, you know, there's a Philadelphia Phillies team that has rolled out the most consistent top part of their lineup that we've seen from a baseball team. And I I think that was the only the only time cash really went to to some some of the injury stuff, which, you know, every Yankee fan we've talked to um, since the point and even, you know, on the extreme scale of us and Joe's and everyone in our office, you know, diehard Yankee fans to you can't land here, but the further away you get from it, like DJ and uh, Benny being the two guys that were banged up, change, change the whole course of this lineup. And, and, and outside of that, you know, it's kind of the whole left side of the infield discussion, which we <laughs> we had all year and we're going to have all off season, and we'll probably have all next year, too. So where do uh, where do we want to go and who's who's bringing us there? Yeah, DraftKings, uh, you know. Jake said the prospects were going to get called up and ICAF wasn't going to be starting in the postseason. And eventually that was right. That would have been a great bet by you, Jake. You know, I think it was me in June who said, Hey, this guy can't be our shortstop in the postseason. And uh, I would have placed the bet then. And we would have been wrong for games one, two, and three. Then we would have been right. They make that bet available on DraftKings again. I will take it. Also, some that's like we'll do the next segment on, on once I finish this read on ICAF because the puzzle gets more confusing mm. and more interesting. But DraftKings isn't confusing, they give you free money all the time, Jake. All you got to do is uh sign up, use code JOMBOY when you do, and you can bet five dollars on any World Series game. There's two left potentially, or one, and you can win two hundred dollars in free bets. You take those 200 free dollars and you bet them on more things and you earn more money and you have as much fun safely as you can. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code John Boy and bet $5 to win $200 in free bets. If your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code John Boy, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB mm-hmm. trademarks used with permission. Real quick, Cashman's back. He's not under contract right now, but he's doing this press conference. And if you're 
Hal or Randy Levine or the Yankees and you don't plan on him being the GM, you don't send him to represent your company in the press conference about the future plans. Uh, and Cashman was like, I'm back. Yeah, I just got to do the paperwork. It's almost like a Brett Gardner contract from a couple of years ago where you're like, it's happening. Just like who fucking when I in a rush to do it. Like, it's just going to be like the last hour of every workday until it's done situation. So that he's back and Boone is also not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it might be I, I think it might be <laughs> Brett Gardner contract situation might be insult to Cashman situation. I mean, he's well, not uh, last year, but right. Before, like, but right. But I mean, uh, Cashman's going to have it, I, I think, for life. I, I think that's what I one, one of the things I, I found out today. I know it's been a conversation, but, uh, yeah, think, think about who the Yankees are. Think about how buttoned up they like to be and run as an organization. The fact that they would technically have an, an, a non-employed member of <laughs> the organization representing their upcoming offseason plans. Uh, yeah, uh, Cashman will be back. I, I was one of the people that wondered if it would be in a different role, like one of those more higher up, uh, VP general manager roles. I don't think so. I, I think Cashman made that very clear uh, that he wants to continue, continue running the ship. Um, and yeah, I mean the, the Steinbrenner family, obviously, you know, to be a general manager for this long, 20 something years as, as Cashman phrase, it is, is wild. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't happen in pro sports that way. So I, I know a lot of people view that as a double-edged sword, uh, sometimes uh, the grass is not always greener on the other side. So there's that part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, it, it ties into, you know, I, I think some of the words that cash was saying that you do view as a double-edged sword of, you know, that at when he's talking about his pro processes and believing what you're doing. And even if the result isn't there, as long as you believe in what you're doing, you know, that that's part of it. I know that, uh, that was frustrating for me briefly. I, I know it's, it's a sentence and you're saying the right thing, but the whole point is, you know, we're, we're coming up short year over year. And when at a certain point you have to look in the mirror and say, why are we coming up short year after year? Um, and it's, I think the consensus kind of across Yankee land is there, there's some tweaks that need to be made. Uh, and if you're going to continue to believe in your processes and we have seen the tweaks being made, whether it's adding lefties to the lineup or not going purely on OPS or, or um, you know, some of the things that we have complained about, we've seen the Yankees address some of the defensive stuff that Cashman harped on early on in his presser. Um, but yeah, it, it's how, how much internal tweaks will they make after this season? Because the truth of it is, they view this season highly successful. They went from the one game wild card to the ALCS. Uh, and then they kind of jumped to the injury thing there. Yeah, that that's, that was disappointing to hear. Um, I, again, not much of this press conference made me hot. Cause I'm kind of, I've, I've simmered from my boil uh, with the, the time off. Something surely were interesting that we'll get to, but. Them saying like we improved from last year where we were the one game wild card. Well, that was a disappointment. Disappointments right. don't set the bar, right? You were in the ALCS. Then you were in the divisional series. Then you were in the ALCS. Then you were in the divisional series. Then you were in the wild card. That was a disappointment. It was a step backwards. When you take a step backwards, that doesn't then become the bar. You know what I mean? Right. So like that wasn't we 
you don't lower the bar and then get excited for beating the lowered bar. So why compare it to the wild card? And that was an utter disappointment of a season. Not a standard in which being better than that is a plausible on its own merit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that was disappointing to me to be like, well, we improved from. Yeah, but that year that was bad. That was like a really bad in. in, I guess I've made my point that but that was the only thing I was like, that's weird. And and that's where Jack Curry, uh, him, him and Kay are always awesome. And I, I think people know that even before we were linked to yes, we, we'd be saying the same stuff that like uh, Curry started giving a speech about uh, George Steinbrenner and uh, demanding if, if it wasn't a World Series, then the year was a failure. And he told the story about 97, they lose and they erased like World Series champions off the board or whatever. And I thought Jack Curry was going to give like a a modern age sports speech of like, you know, winning the world series every year is hard. No Curry Curry kind of like went back into it. And he's like, well, you know, that's how George Steinbrenner actually operated that if this, you didn't win the world series, it was a failure. And I think, you know, again, I'll reference our guy Joe's because sometimes Joe's breaks it down and into its simplest form, you know, that was the standard. And, you know, those press conferences this year, they wouldn't have mentioned last year's team. Uh, they would have mentioned how the Astros have been running laps around them and how we need to address that differently. And at least uh, if you want to take solace from something that stinks, uh, they did admit that the Astros are ahead of them, which that's kind of a big, a big step for this. Yankees yeah. Front office. Yeah. That was better than last year when they were like, they've caught up to us. Like, no, like <laughs> you're behind. And, and I think that was, uh, an agreed about agreed upon point. I don't know if Zillow gives Boone and cash any like pointers as PR help goes, but it seems like that was a, an agreed upon, like we have to admit they were better than us. Like we have yeah. to be honest that we were not, we were the underdogs. They were better than us. And we got beat by a better team because they came off so bad with the wind and the excuses and all that shit. So what's the, I mean, judge is probably the biggest topic. It's not that interesting. Um, Let me see. I have Boone's quotes here. Boone said, Hoke asked, you know, did it feel like goodbye? And Boone said, I hope not. We had a nice conversation. Um, I'm hoping he comes back. It's above me. Cashman basically just said, it's up to Hal. Yeah. And good, good on cash. Uh, and he went, he went a little further than that. Like he, he, you know, he, he quoted, he quoted Hal's daddy and he talked about fannies in the seats. Like he, yeah. he, he went away from just, he put, the base. he put the whole, like, and here's why you should sign him Hal. And he went, he didn't just talk baseball. He went tickets and <laughs> jerseys and seats. So the fact cash did that, uh, good on cash to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I think we try to tell our listeners and everyone that, like, guess what? If if Aaron Judge could be signed by all 30 teams, that goes to the owner. Every GM wants Aaron Judge. It becomes the owner and ca- cash laid it out there. But I'll tell you what, a little bit of that gave me a scare. Uh, because if, if Brian Cashman, who is very calculated, is using his postseason press conference time to remind Hal that, Aaron judge has a lot of benefits off the field. 
that maybe just it's not reminding how maybe it's not reminding how maybe it's just letting the public know like we understand and maybe it's letting judges agent know we understand the value um, i think so and and a lot but of again this like is a dance but yeah with ca- with these big ass signings cashman cole um you go back and harper and machado when you're talking 300 million dollars 10 years and I, I, this is not a cop. I'm not trying to defend Cashman here. I'm just being out. That's not his call. He's going to want to fucking sign him, guys. Yeah. Like, oh, that really good player I can lock up for 10 years. I want to sign him. The Yankees are trying to get on their luxury tax. Cash doesn't. He He's just that's just his orders. Um, there's other areas like I don't like the trades Cashman made for left side of the infield last year. And I think those should really be looked into and thought at. And there's other moves that I really don't like. So I'm not like full defense here, but when it comes to those 10 year, 300 mil contracts, that is up to how, <laughs> or maybe yeah. Randy Levine, like it's not cash would obviously say like, yep, that's an easy move for me to make. I'll get that really good guy. When, when we draw up our, you know, 2023 per- projected starting lineup, which I just decided I'm going to do, I'm going to do it as a gag list, but just to get yeah. the kids riled up, uh, yeah, that decision is is Randy Levine or a lot of the Yankees front office saying, well, if we sign Aaron Judge for 300 million, we expect to make uh, 400 off of him in his lifetime. And Cashman on the other side is balancing again, general manager. Think about when you go to a grocery store and you talk to the general manager, they're de- kind of dealing with customers and their employees and the owner and everything That's what cash does. And yeah, he wants Aaron judge starting in right field, number 99 hitting. Uh, I was going to say hitting number two, but that starts to get into off season plans a little bit. Yeah. And and I think it was Cotty who said like, isn't it optimal to sign him early because it's so much money. The rest of your moves are kind of contingent on this move, which is true. Right. Um, and yes, cashman was like, yes, but he dictate he the word the word the phrase he used was he dictates the dance and he's earned the right to go get courted by all 30 right. teams if he wants and make his decision whenever he wants so we can give the we can you know he that was the end of his quote he, but you know they can give him the number one offer and judge can still go to all 30 teams on his own time and are you going to counter? 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 And then, okay, no one's higher. And I, and I want to come back. I'll go with you. And it's not the Yankees doing it. This is fully judges doing on when he signs. Um, yes. And no, I, I mean, the Yankees can give their best offer or what's their perceived best offer. And if judge thinks waiting till spring training can get a better offer from them, that's one way to go about it or from any other team. Uh, like this is for Aaron judge. This is kind of you know, the biggest decision of his life. Like I, not to be rude to him. I, I it is like, if he wants to change everything he's about and team and organization and where he lives and how much money he can potentially bring in, this is the one, this is it. And he's earned that right. And Hey, it's a little bit on the Yankees. Cause we know they were talking before the season, hell, we got the numbers. And now, Judge probably loves that those numbers became public because uh, people are going to end up with egg on their face uh, and maybe it stays within the organization. And Judge has a big laugh as he's got a couple for a couple few more zeros in his bank account. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, I, I guess the part that's scary that you're alluding to is that the Yankees have pretty clearly set their goal list every year of boom, boom, boom. And once we get this, then we'll move on to this. Let's get shortstop and then we'll move on to catcher. Yes, um, they do. So things that's in the order, scary usually. part, especially because with so how much money is involved, if the judge stuff goes awry, you have to have a whole alternate plan to fully retool this team. And hopefully we never get there. But if they don't make moves on judge in November, December, and that means there's a whole freeze on the rest of the team, which for us would be brutal. Um, and, you know, other guys are making that same life decision as Aaron Judge. They're going to make their moves. So it, if we end up in spring training talking about, well, the judge thing took a long time to get figured out and they, they probably they could have made a move on this guy, but it was already done. That would be frustrating. But that's. Um, that's for them to figure out. I'm trying to see the year they signed Garrett Cole. I know it was during winter meetings, which is December before Christmas, December 18th, yeah. December 18th. Just loaded the page. It was a little late I'm that year, but yeah, around then. I'm trying to see if they did anything before that, Jake, to go to your theory. Not your theory. It's right. It's no, it, they did like 40 man cleanup moves and all that, but like major moves. I think Cole was the only yep. free agent. That, that was own. That was it. That was it. Um, and then, and then a month later, they signed Brett Gardner. Hmm. That was all they did that year. Was that the year they signed someone during spring training? Maybe that would that would be in 2020. So I'd have to go to the next year's transaction page. I think I remember. There when being was like DJ? Tweet- GJ was the next off season, right? He would have been after 2020. 2020 was Cole's first year. Yeah, 2020 was Cole's first year. Um, no, they didn't sign anyone in March. Yeah, I, th- I think I recall. I mean, at I one mean, point, COVID happened. So at right. one point, that next off season, like, because even with the DJ thing, there were like tweets going around, like last free agent the Yankees brought in to a multi-year deal was. It's only been Garrett Cole in the last however many off seasons. DJ was their own guy. Damn, man. Um, be cool to have a win- it done in winter meetings, but I don't know if Judge is going to do that. Yeah, they're like December 3rd this year, so a month. Um, and yeah, this the rest of the baseball offseason is going to hit hyperdrive a little bit because the, with the World Series finishing a week late, that's kind of normally that buffer week of figuring out player options and stuff. It, it's going to start to go elsewhere. So yeah. Interested to see as we all are. I mean, it's Yankee fans, it's Aaron judge. Um, and is it going to, is it going to get hot, hot to trot by Thanksgiving? That phrase I'm always saying, um, or, you know, it, is it it's wild. Garrett Cole signed so early. December, mid December. That- yeah. That winter meetings is like every day one of the big pitchers went. Yeah. So just the wow. pitchers got it done. And that was that was the exciting winter meetings after the bad winter meetings. Give me uh, Bryce Harper signed in March. Uh, Manny Machado signed February 21st. Like spring training had already started for both those guys. Give that was a, like the collusion year, though. And, yeah, but what's uh, another what's another uh, what more recent comparison then? Uh, who, who had who had a big who was a big free agent last year? Um, 
I mean, a lot of guys signed before the lockout because they wanted to get yeah, their contracts done. So a lot of the big shortstops got signed. Yeah, and last year's a weird year to That's choose. the thing. We don't really have the proper. Yeah, we've had. I some mean, more. new CBA. We've got collusion in the past. We got COVID. We've that, got. Yeah. That Harper Machado really year, a few like mid-tier guys got done during winter meetings. Like that's when the Yankees got Jay Happ. And I guess 2020 before. Oh, all right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. We'll see when yeah. the judge signs. The cashman at one point was like, hypothetically, if judge does return, this would, we would still need to make more moves. So blah, 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 blah. They want him back. And they're going to try to get him back. Point, at some point, they're going to have to make probably a couple trades. And I know the one trade we make is trade coffee. I drink coffee pretty much every day. Jimmy's drinking coffee right now. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. Guess what, people? Winter's coming. Facts only for me today. And you're going to want to be brewing up a good cup of joe in your house. You don't want to go outside into that northeast winter weather or wherever the heck you are because Trade will ship it right to your house. It's easy and convenient. It uses your personalized recommendations to get the perfect cup of coffee for you. And how about a little deal for you at drinktrade.com slash yanks. You'll get $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Uh, right now, go to trade coffee, drinktrade.com slash yanks, and you'll get $30 off your subscription plus free shipping. If you're a coffee drinker, give them a shot. How do you know that I was drinking coffee and not sludge? Again, educated guess. Smart guy. Thank you. Let's go to the left side of the defense. Uh, that was obviously a area of uh, questioning. We'll start with Josh Donaldson. I think he's back next year. Maybe not. It could be, you know, old smokescreen because what else are you going to say? Boone had, you know, he's a little softer. Boone had a quote that was one of the quotes I did that was tough. No, no, never mind. I thought it was going to be tough and it wasn't, but he just said like, I was, where the hell is it? Um, well, yesterday on like, K show, they talked about it with him a little bit and they talked about both of them cited his elite defense a lot. And, and yeah, he was said, like, I was blown away. Yes. About his defense at third base. Um, and he said, you know, is it his age? I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad year, but he never. All right, here's it. Uh, Cuddy asked him, did age catch up with Donaldson? And Boone said, uh, I don't know. Age? I was blown away at how he played third. Age didn't show up there. His offensive season, again, coming out of the lockout, starting with a new team. He never got on track and got that extended hot streak. He'd get it going for a couple days and then take a step back. It was just one of those years where it was hard to get that that hard to get that consistently all the time. Hard to say if that is age related or just one of those seasons. I still think he has a lot in there. We saw this happen with Brett Gardner, who's not a future former MVP and all this. They went on this traded for McCutcheon and they started McCutcheon over Gardner towards the end and in the postseason stands one game so my follow-up which they didn't have is like okay so if you're admitting he never got going 
Right. Why did you stick with him in the postseason? You know, you expected him to just get, you know what I mean? Like, okay. If you think he's can get going next year and Cashman said like his offense was surely not what we expected and it wasn't injury related. So we don't know what was going on there. We're hoping that he returns to form next season, whatever. But I was still, it still doesn't make sense. Okay. So you knew this guy wasn't producing, wasn't getting hot, stuck with him through the regular season and in the playoffs. And then that up. Well, and that's, that turns into the frustrations we talked about with the Yankees and with them uh, just strictly believing in processes. Um, you know, how many press conference, how, how many post-game press conferences did we have with Aaron Boone this year where he was like, you know, it, it's, it's going to click with Josh. He, you, you know, we know JD's uh, about to get hot. He's, he's, you know, he's doing his work and, and then to sit there and say it never happened. Well, you know, guess what? During those regular season press conferences, you couldn't have Meredith or someone say like, nah, he's stinking and it's never going to click. Like, and then for you to, at the end of the year to say it didn't happen, I got pretty big. I don't know. During the press conference, the way that Boone and Cash were dancing around it, I kind of got big that they're going to try to figure out something different than Josh Donaldson vibes. Um, while, like while every, keeping respect on his name because and think about it whether it's a salary dump trade or whatever it is you're not going to say like it yeah man it, the offense was trash uh, i think he's done because then if it, while they are pursuing all options which they have to do um you know they, they can't do that and and maybe that one year of josh donaldson whether the yankees would be willing to eat or if an organization wants a, a good prospect with it to take a chance on him for a year. Um, you know, it would it be nutty that Josh Donaldson could be a slightly above league average hitter next year? No, I've seen a lot of stuff in baseball, but the product we saw last year um, was tough. And, and where I'm talking myself out of it, because I do think the way they were kind of phrasing it was, you know, just the fact that they were pretty much admitting he wasn't a good hitter. Um, you know, that that's a big step for them that uh, I don't know. You know, they, they use the same arguments we did when we were wondering if he was healthy. Like, you know, the defense did look great and it did like credit, credit to Josh Donaldson playing third base at that level at his age is nuts. But kind of like we were saying, comparing yourself to uh, the 21 Yankees team, you know, there, there's other third basemen that play really good defense uh, at, around Major League Baseball and they might have an opportunity to hit a lot better than Josh did this year. So I, I think it's definitely in, I mean, Donaldson obviously is in play this off season. It's got to make sense with everything else they're doing. Um, but then I end up talking myself into if they really have to dump or eat money or prospects or whatever it is, would they not, if they, if they genuinely did think there's a chance for him to click back to something else, why wouldn't they bring him to camp? And if it does, um, then you didn't have to dump cash or you didn't have to dump players. But the problem is, and it's that processes that we just talked about. Yeah, their with plan Josh is their Donald, plan. Wish, with Josh Donaldson or with Cashman and, and saying, you know, you just got to believe in your process and go with it. Well, you end up digging yourself in a hole, which was our whole left side of the infield. So that that's, that's the part that's scary is that if you – if you do bring back Josh Donaldson, 
how long do you continue to drag that out? Because the Yankees, as they've shown this year, could be up until your back is against the wall in elimination. Right. So like that's that's like if you bring him back, you have to be ready to pull the plug. You can't do what you did last year. And then at that point, if that's your if that's what you're saying around the round table, like, all right, hey guys, we bring JD back and he's our A plan. We have to be ready to pull the plug. That's probably not how you go into a season. Yeah. Like yeah. a ready hedging. Because uh, I mean, think about it. Let let's say the Yankees offseason goes and you know, uh uh, Oswaldo's around and he doesn't have a position. Maybe they brought in a left fielder and uh, the, the infield has some other spots. You know, the, the Yankees would have to look themselves in the mirror and say, well, would we actually play Oswaldo Cabrera over Josh Donaldson? Because they had some times and opportunities to do that. And I, I don't think they would. I, I don't think they would put Josh Donaldson, the 2015 MVP that got shouted out uh, during the press conference on the bench foreign as Waldo Cabrera or someone like that. And then if you don't believe in as Waldo Cabrera as your starter at third base, then yeah, you just spun yourself in circles for no reason. Um, or, uh, you know, the, the optimistic best spin view of it is if they were willing to change on their cut and run ability is you let Donaldson play the first two months of the season. If it looks a little better, you go, okay, interested. If it doesn't, then you can make a trade at the deadline or something like that. Uh, like we saw with, you know, Gallo this year, even, but that's, you know, it, it <laughs> you don't see other teams really with that game plan, the Houston Astros, that's not their game plan. And maybe it, again, maybe start comparing if you're going to do this, have we heard the Houston Astros bring in a veteran on a down season and hoping he would click to not um, have to do a bad trade to get out of it? No, like that, that's just not part of their formula. So why should it be part of our formula? Yeah, no, definitely. And and I and maybe we're just trying to project what we want to get out of their quotes. But I was like, yeah, this sounds a little bit like they have to say this because I'm going to disrespect them. But it doesn't sound like they're sold on him. Um, and then Andy. with with IKF. It's really f- interesting to hear what Boone says about him now, knowing. What we found out, did we share that? Can we share that? So we, I, I don't think we fully can, but what Boone did say in the press conference and people may not believe it, but he made the decision. He said that in the press conference um, that he made the decision to make the move at shortstop because IKF was struggling. Um, and other, and other departments did not want to do that. And Boone overruled them is what yeah. we heard. So it's interesting and- to hear him defend him now. And like um, we were making fun of how Boone, you know, uh, how you judge him. Well, range making good plays. Dear, and I was making fun of that because it's like, what, dude? You're just saying things, and it might be because Boone might have been begging for a new shortstop all season. But, you know, Joe Girardi was begging for a new first baseman all season when they had Chris Carter. Only problem was Joe Girardi did it publicly in the post game press conference and got fired, and that was one of the reasons. Boone didn't do it publicly. But yeah, yeah, that was kind of a big when we heard that from a pretty trusted area, pretty changes the way those empty praise comes off. Yesterday when he was on K show, he uh, he like used the word like he 
he made, they said he like made errors and was making a few too many mistakes. And that's just a very different tone than what we heard anytime he was ever asked about him all year. Um, the, the part that has me in a little bit of a spin cycle and, and Joe's texted us uh, about this quote. Cause one of the, I, reports I, that- I put out a whole Twitter video about this quote. Yeah. It, it, it was just confusing because uh, I, I mean, Booney cut in and, and they, you know, IKF had quotes about his struggles at shortstop and those quotes were being read and Booney like cut it off and was like, no, like we're, I would quibble no. with that. Yeah. I, Cause IKF holds himself to such a high standard. That's who he is. So I, I guess the part I'm, I'm missing in, in this formula and maybe the answer is just, who IKF is a person work-wise and everything is awesome. And we have heard that. Yeah. Uh, and the, the example he is in the locker room has to be kind of cool. Cause let's be honest, I, I guess maybe this is IKF's double-edged sword is that he's not very Yankee. Uh, you know, we just talked about Josh Donaldson and how he's, you know, kind of this, a superstar of the game, a guy won an MVP that that they're going to treat him with respect around every corner. IKF is this like work for everything, hard nose. I'm going to eat it. And then I'm going to be there the next day. And I'm going to do everything I can to put in that work and beat you. And we've heard from all those guys uh, that he is beloved for, for what and who he is. And that's where, that's where the Boone stuff, because they, they were trying to go back to earlier in the season. And it, it felt like Boone, who made the decision uh, in the playoff game to, to pull IKF when it mattered, it did feel like he genuinely had his back throughout the season, which uh, that's the part that just has my wires crossed a little bit. Like, how can you, in the back of your head, know that in the, the biggest moment when it matters, you're going to be willing to pull the plug on this but you still kind of believed in what he did in this regular season. That's where, that's where it just doesn't add up. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, maybe all the top shortstop is just him making the, throwing the analytics guys under the bus. Cause that's what they're telling him. I, so I, the quote, the quote was to really fully explain it. The reporter said in July, IKF was really struggling and he came to you guys for help with his fielding. And he said, this is the worst defense I've ever played. And he wanted help. And Boone just cut him off and said, I would quibble with that. That's who he is. High bar accountability. What? He Like everyone that was watching saw he was struggling on defense because he's third baseman, not a shortstop. He, he sees it and feels it, wants to fix it. And you're just like, don't worry about it, kid. Like, you're good. You're just holding yourself to a high regard. To me, Jake, it feels like they were like, kid, you're a uh, one-year shortstop as these kids get a year older in AAA. We're not interested in developing you. You're Just play short. Do what you're doing. Bye. You're awesome. Good job. Good job. I get no, 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 no. What you're doing is great. And then they turn around and be like, man, I can't wait till next year. We got Peraza up here. That's what it seems. Cause, cause Cashman steps up and his first quotes on IKF were 
I wrote it down. Kiner was kind of along the lines of uh, what we expected. That's how he said it. Um, he was here to bridge the gap to the rookies who are highly valued and highly valued across the league uh, uh, from the pre- from the trade uh, packages we received for them. And uh, yeah, and then he moved on to JD. I mean, that is not a ringing endorsement. That's saying like he was here to be here for a year and we didn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's uh, the 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 couple scary parts around that, and and actually it's it's crazy because some some of the stuff they're saying. I mean, the next steps are are very interesting. Um, the when Cashman said that, I almost had a little fear factor that like Peraza was going to be a price we were going to pay to get rid of Donaldson. Um, like well, I, I, it, it I, sounded like one of Peraza, Oswaldo are going. It like sounded if, like it, they're not against trading one of those two guys. Like if you're Cashman and you're on the mic and you're bragging about trade offers for these guys, and then we just had a full conversation about how Donaldson didn't have it. Um, like I kind of had a weird, whoa, like Peraza, he ended up showing out in AAA. He had a nice little cup of coffee uh, where he was on display in a good way. Like that's kind of almost the Jesus Montero formula, uh, which is a little scary with, with Volpe in the wings and you know, some, some of the stuff that needs to be fixed with this roster currently that we don't, you can't put a thumb on it with a really highly ranked shortstop prospect with a good cup of coffee in the show. You can, that's kind of your, that red staples button that everyone used to have. That's your easy button. Yeah. If if you guys need to get out of jail free, you, you spin Peraza. He showed out at AAA and then a good cup of coffee that maybe the Yankees didn't want him to get overexposed in the show if they think there's a hole in his game. Or going back to IKF, it's uh, it was just for Boone's one moment of the press conference to be overanimated. And, you know, they talked, they talked to Zillow. Like you said, they admitted they were going to come in and say Houston was better. For Boone to be like, I'm, for what IKF is over the course of the regular season, like I, I believe in that he kind of didn't have to do that uh, to that degree, but he, he wanted to make a point of it. So I, I, I feel, it feels like Boone's confused about IKF. Like I, I think Boone has a little bit of like, I, I think a, a girl in, in school that he's friends with, but he doesn't think he's like kind of not into, but he's like, I don't know. I kind of, I enjoy my time with them. Like, should I, should I go on that date? And did I you think hear he's Boone's, a little crossed up. Did you hear Boone's praise for Peraza? That was the most like praise he's given a guy in a while. Um, yes, just as scary a little bit to me. He said he had a good season at AAA. I was always really impressed with his makeup, the work he put in, situations he was thrown into, and how he handled them. Said that right after benching a guy for being not able to handle the situation in the moment and and doing too much in the high pressure situations. And then he says that about Peraza. Um, he said, Boone said he definitely put himself in a good position to be the starting shortstop next year. He only helped himself moving forward. So they're talking like, you know, there's a competition at short next year and they're not talking like IKFs in it to me. They're talking like it's Peraza, Cabrera, Volpe, and one of them might be traded. But yeah, I mean, for Cashman to come out and be like, Kiner was uh, along the lines of what we expected. 
It was here to bridge the gap to the rookies. No praise. There's no praise in that. Boone did a lot of the fake praising. There's no praise in that. So yeah, I, I guess in in the Yankees model, I think they think that's praise. Because no, because you heard what they said about Donaldson and how like next year they hope he returns to form and they next year next year. Well, no, but all no. all of that was all of that was tied to him underperforming this year. They didn't yeah. have to give any of those conversations because they said, yeah, IKF was. But we thought he was, which is the problem. Sucks for IKF, man, to go ask for help. And they're like, yeah, you're doing fine. That's brutal. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad feeling in life. One good feeling that I got out of this was. Uh, Cashman said, well, center field was a problem. We locked that up. And I think as Yankee fans, we kind of feel like great about the move to lock up Harrison Bader. Hotwood Harry, are we calling him, Beebs? The final right. Hotwood Award winner? That's right. Harrison Bader does get the postseason Hotwood Award. Uh, in nine games, he was 10 for 30. That's a clean 333 batting average. Five homers. I remember those. Four walks. Got hit by a pitch, so finding his ways on. Uh, six RBIs. Scored eight runs. All in all, it's a one dot two six two OPS. The highest on the team. He had a really good playoff playoffs. He's the hot wood award winner. Hot, hottest wood around. If you need to get your wood hot, just use Roman. They gave out the Roman hot wood award. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of erectile dysfunction in their life. Not Bader, but I know of. If you're experiencing ED, there's help. Roman, the digital health clinic for men. Right now, Roman has a special offer for our listeners. Use this link, the link in the YouTube description or podcast description. Get $20, 20% off your first order. Just go to ro.co slash yanks today. That's ro.co slash yanks for 20% off Roman Hotwood. Congrats to Harrison Bader for winning the final award of the season by Roman. Roco.co. Row.co slash Yanks. New website, row.co. And it was not, it's nice that we have Bader locked up. Uh, obviously, right field is wide open with the judge uh, being a free agent. Left field, they did say they wanted Stan to be. Boone said, My hope is that he plays like a handful of days a week. I think that keeps him healthy. He said he got injured this year on a DH day underneath the tunnel, taking swings, not out in the field playing. Said so obviously that's just hopeful. We have to see. And then there's no other outfielders, really. I mean, as Waldo Cabrera is probably going to go back to the infield or or somewhere else, but Hicks will be back at some point. They said he would have to win the job or earn the job from whoever has it. I I, I think they're going to try and re-sign Ben Intendi. And I think maybe that's even like a signing that they can do and it doesn't hinder the judge allotment like it wouldn't have to wait for judge to be right. done and the reason i think that is because they asked cashman about the three true outcomes how the yankees led the league in three true outcomes and all that and he he said about strikeouts he said one of the areas of interest is to limit strikeouts that's why we went and got rizzo it's why we retained him it's why we went and got benintendi uh it's why we like dj so that's good. 
Do it. Limit strikeouts. It helps. Uh, still hit home runs. But I think Benny might be coming back for the outfield. Yeah, I, I was surprised when I initially did a lot of offseason stuff. And I like a lot of Yankee fans. I think you kind of get a getaway, especially when it's going like this. And especially when the team you thought might be better turned out they were still better. Uh, you kind of had to walk away for a little bit and be like, what? Come on, guys. Uh, man, not a ton of left fielders in free agency. Um, and Andrew Benintendi, A, He's going to play good defense in that big Yankee stadium left field. He's a contact bat. He's a lefty. So when you start the neat, the team needs of left field and the Yankees, Benny hits all boxes. And I, I think we all at the time kind of did a like, all right, Benny, join the squad. We need a left fielder right now. We're going to let all the Boston stuff go. We're over it. Like come play some good baseball and then we'll get you a big free agent contract in St. Louis or something like that. And we'll see you later. Um, after taking a deep breath and like thinking about a think about the New York side of it, like Benny doesn't care about New York, Boston. He's done all that, especially after we did the Gallo experiment, um, you know, and a contact hitting defensive left fielder who's lefty. It, there's kind of one guy. So, yeah, I especially I, with I, the shift not being around, which is also a thing they talked about a lot. And that that's where uh, I was surprised because. But it's also what gets scary for Yankee fans, because if now your offseason plan is Benny resigns, Judge resigns, Rizzo resigns when he opts out, you're not getting too many changes until you get to that left side of the infield, which, again, they would have to admit they're wrong, <laughs> package two guys um, that uh, they traded for and a lot of people think is Cashman's worst move of all time to move them again, get obviously a lesser package, if not giving prospects to get off of them to actually change the dynamic of this team. And that's where, unfortunately, one of the big takeaways is I'm a little scared when they chalk this year up as a win better than last year. That means they're not thinking splashy changes. They're thinking a couple tweaks. And I hope it's more impactful to the left side of the infield than you'd expect. I have no idea. You know, I, what's out there for left side if they wanted, if they, you know, if they move from Donaldson, if they package someone with Donaldson and they move on from there. I get, we can do an episode looking at this if it goes further, but I don't even know. I don't know who's out there internally, externally. I think, I think it's fair from these talks to expect uh, a rookie at shortstop. You'd like to think, or you'd like to think they're at least in the mix because now between the Oswalds, there's two bodies there. Well, let me uh, put it this way, Vol Jake. Volpe should be in play at some point. Did Glaber get mentioned at all today in the press? No, room? they didn't ask good questions at all. They were, they, at one point, it was 20 minutes about, like, Cashman's contract, which was, and, like, the coaching staff. Like, Cashman wasted so much time, which is smart of him. Whenever they asked him a lame question, he, like, talked for seven minutes because he was like, I'll drag this one out. It was uh, my strategy fold. in sophomore 
sophomore bio, if you asked Mr. Becker about uh, how did the softball game go? Cause he was the coach. He would, you would lose 15 minutes of class because he would just go on and, you know, we trap him every day and Cashman was just trapped. It's like the Belichick one. Like you ask a boring question. I'm going to give you a 10 minute answer. You ask a pressing question. I'm going to give you a two word answer. And they didn't get to anything good. The Cashman presser was, I wish they asked better questions anyway. Um, they didn't get to Glaber. They didn't get to a lot. One note when they talked about Rizzo is he was like, well, we actually we had two that we liked. We had, like we liked Carpenter too. And I was like, what? how did you lump? How did you? That was so weird. That's, they, that, well, that, yeah. that, for my brain, I was like, if Rizzo walks, are they just going to try and do Carpenter with DJ as the backup? So I the way he did phrase that was was odd but something we we have to talk about if this is the press conference episode they talked about Matt Carpenter going uh to uh where were they Somerset yeah Redding, they said it was his call he wanted it which that that had intent <laughs> yeah a lot of these conversations were were trying to find maybe the intent behind it Brian Cashman wanted them to know that the veteran Matt Carpenter, and this is what the Yankees do, and it's how they treat veterans, and it's why they, they, it's where they think they hold themselves to a higher regard than other organizations. They asked Matt Carpenter, a veteran, a well-respected guy, you can go to Hudson Valley and you can face Clay Holmes and Wandy while they rehab, or you could go to the Texas Rangers series. He chose to go uh, to Hudson Valley, which you know. Sounded like the way he said, like he requested that he definitely did, because every every MLB hitter ever, when you're a veteran, will tell you that's what they want to do. They, you know, to travel and and do that when they can stay locally. Um, But, yeah, it's knowing what happened afterwards is brutal because guess what? I, I, you know, getting 10 at bats, you know, five five at bats first, Wandy and five bats first, Clay home. That was probably kind of cool. But guess what? They're working on rehabbing. They're not doing everything in their ability to get you out at the plate like a Texas Ranger pitcher would be who's trying to make a team next year or get do better in arbitration. So that's where that's um, I think Cashman wanted that out in the ether, that that was a, a Matt Carpenter decision, which um, I respect that they give a, a veteran the decision. It is kind of cool. But uh, Matt Carpenter now has to take that on the chin. Yeah, they should have. Yes. When he mentioned him with Rizzo, it was a different it was a different instance where I was like. It's kind of like they were talking about Rizzo opting out and he was like, well, he did a good job and so did Carpenter. And I was like, wait, what? Still under contract. Yeah. Yeah. That was odd. Um, What else do I have here? Um. One note was uh, Cashman said that he's asking players around the league, especially players that have been on their teams. What do other teams do that we're not doing? What, what can we, what can we do and what can be better and all that, which is obviously good. Should ask that all the time. Um, And anything else interesting? Coaching staff, everyone who's under contract is coming back. They're working on the people not under contract. Cashman was like, we want Matt Blake back. Like, no, like, yes, we want him back. We have to work on that, but we do want him back. Um, 
looking at my notes. High praise for Trevino. That was just like, I'm glad Trevino got some love. I don't know who asked that line of question, but that was a waste time. It's like, it's yeah, a t- man. A taster section, yeah. Like, yeah, of course, Trevino. Did Trevino outdo your performances? Like, yeah. Like, duh. Well, and, you know, they said when they said they thought they were going to be a little thin at catcher when they heard Ben went down. So, you know. Come on. You know, I do think it'll be Ben and Trevino next year. Mike could. I have no idea. Um, that's kind of it. I'm interested to get into the offseason and start playing the game. Like, I just put a Google sheet in front of me, and I did, like, potential lineup and, and, and rotation and bullpen and all that, and we'll get into that. We have a lot of episodes in the future. But if you're looking for anything from this press conference, oh, um, there's not much. My one thing, Jake, was we, we've talked to players. Trevor Plouffe does talking baseball with us and some other players, and they say that, you know, the the – there's going to be a competition at camp. It's just an outright farce. No team. Very rare. Very no team rare. has ever had a true competition at spring training. That's just what you say when you don't want to gift it to a guy who hasn't earned it yet or, you know, hasn't done it yet. So from a player's mindset, the fact that IKF isn't the shortstop next year and it's a competition, it should be viewed as they are hoping for it to be Peraza, Volpe, Herrera. They don't flop. Or they have one of those three there, unless they get injured or flop. I unfortunately think that's an optimistic spin. Um, Because if IKF is on the roster, which that's the question mark, he's going to be the guy making $8 million or whatever it is, and that's normally how the decision gets made. So... They benched him, man. Cash didn't say anything nice about him or is good. And that's the area that needs to be shooken up. I don't know how you shake it up. I don't know where Glaber's value is at. DJ can play third. That left side is going Cashman's to be- direct quote was he was here. He was here to bridge the gap to the rookies. I believe he said was here to bridge the gap to the rookies. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. We'll be back. I don't know the cadence. We'll, we'll obviously keep you guys informed and everything as we go. Enjoy the rest of uh, your week. Go Yanks. Tell them Grams. Go Yankees. 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 I said they want Severino back. No brainer. Hey, everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.